Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Third time is a charm. Here we are <laughs> on air. I've got a special guest in the studio, Ashley Johnson. Uh, she is a top equestrian eventer. And we're going to be talking a little bit about what's going on in her life with her horses, with coaching, uh, with the UF team. My co-host, as you know, Paulette Stout is here because anytime you hear her phone playing, you know she's in the studio. Uh, she is a trainer, is going to talk a little bit about how important horse training is and what real horse training is all about um, later on. Uh, and also we're going to have our vet segment with Dr. Adam Kayot. We're going to have Jill Henselwood on shortly. Uh, Olympian from last Sunday's Grand Prix out at Hits. Uh, and then we're going to close it out with Jessica Lynn from Earth Song Ranch and talk a little bit about coronavirus, which of course is utmost in people's thoughts. Um, a little bit of news before we switch it over to Jill. Um, very sadly, AP Indy passed away at the age of 31 at Lade Zen Farm in Kentucky. Uh, very sad. He was a um, son of Triple Crown winner, Seattle Slough. Um, he was uh, an incredible horse. He had an incredible life. Certainly lived it out very peacefully uh, and lived a good long time. In, uh, in just Blood Horse magazine said in 2013, in just about every way possible, AP Indy has been the ideal thoroughbred of the international era of American racing and breeding. Prayers and thoughts to all connected there. Um, also a quick mention for the Saudi Cup. Um, wow, it's the first Saudi Cup. I kind of wish I was there. Uh, millions and millions of dollars, 20 million to be exact, uh, at stake for a very, very exciting weekend in racing. And four of the horses in the Saudi Cup are horses I've personally met. And um, that's pretty exciting for me. I feel like I'm watching my, my friends run. So um, good luck and uh, safe travels to, uh, to all involved there. It's a long trip for those horses. So uh, the exciting part, of course, is we get to see Maximum Security, the first horse ever disqualified from the Kentucky Derby for an infraction run in this race and uh, maybe run right across the uh, finish line and uh, replace some of the glory lost for not winning the Kentucky Derby in 2019. Got to talk a little bit really quick. Oh, before I forget, Lasix and Butte are not allowed in the Saudi Cup, period. So, nice. yeah, uh, pretty cool. As you know, Live Oak International is coming up. Um, that is March 5th to 8th out at Live Oak Stud. And um, it's a very exciting event. Every other year they have the Budweiser Clydesdales at this event and the Budweiser Clydesdales will be there. Um, we have a poster with all the information on the parade, which is actually sponsored by Live Oak International. That is on March the 7th and that's downtown. Um, the parade itself is at 4.30. We have live horses on the square at one o'clock with free stagecoach rides. Uh, 4.30 is when the parade begins. This amazing program, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my story of going to FIP printing today. Uh, First Impressions uh, did this beautiful program for us and I'm, I'm so impressed uh, with their work and I'll, I'll tell you more about that. But you can't miss the parade, I'll mention it again at the end of the show. But right now we're going to take it over to Jill 
uh, at HIT and a pre-recorded interview we did at the uh, Ocala Grand Prix uh, a week ago. And I think you'll enjoy it. Jill's great. And then we'll come back, have Dr. Kayot, and then we'll take it to Ashley Johnson. Stay with us. Here it is. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at HIT's Post Time Farm for the $200,000 Ocala Electric Grand Prix. And the dogs are here too, as you can hear them. It's been a very exciting day, very exciting course. Uh, and I've absolutely got the pleasure of introducing Jen Hasselwood to you from the Canadian team. Uh, very excited to have her with us. Going to have her talk a little bit about the class today. Hey, Jill, it's lovely to have you with us. Tell us a little bit about this Grand Prix today. I think it's quite incredible. We are now moving the strength of the sport into Ocala, Florida. And what that course designer presented today, he was from Germany, and he gave them a test at the triple combination or the triple jump. Triple combination was quite difficult and technical. You needed to present it just right or the horse couldn't clear the width of the second part. And that was a game changer today. And I think that that speaks to what you're gonna get here in the million dollar event for me. I think so too. Now, um, we saw about, what, nine, I think, go to the jump off out of about 40. Uh, what did you think of that? That seemed a little higher maybe than usual. Um, I saw it was a good challenge for some of the younger horses, um, which was nice. Uh, even though we didn't necessarily see them excel, I think it was a great experience. What were your thoughts on that? I think the strength of the athlete here this year, 2020, is stronger than they've had in this part of Florida uh, ever. And I think when you watch those horses jump, they're jumping with a margin. They're going down to the big jumps here and they're giving it a foot, a foot and a half clearance. And not just one horse like the extraordinary athlete, but nine horses did that out of a big field. And uh, I think it speaks to the development that you're going to see in this part of Florida, which is going to strengthen our North, North American athlete, including strengthen that Canadian team. Now talk about coming up as a child, not always necessarily having the most valuable horse or the best horse and what you learned from that. I guess I'm an outlier in the sport. I, you know, my dad was a, uh, a captain and a master mariner and uh, he was on board ship. And so who would know that his youngest daughter would become an Olympian in horses. I developed a, a way to sort of understand horses that are a little difficult or a little tricky or a little special. And my Olympic horse uh, was a horse called Special Ed. I love Special Ed, by the way. The name is just absolutely fantastic. He tried to be a dressage horse first and he kept being spooky and sort of scaring them and going the other way. And his bloodlines were all jumper bloodlines. So they said, can you see if he will jump? And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, and for the first year or two, we never really made Made a judgment on him and then I had Ian Miller was my mentor and he said you keep going you just keep going don't judge it just keep going and that horse took me to the Olympic Games isn't that incredible talk about going to the Olympics that has to be just amazing it was a Walt Disney week at the Olympic Games. We had Eric Lamaz, who it wow. was by, is one of the top riders ranked in the world. We had Ian Miller, who's been to 10 Olympics, and he was our anchor. So he was guiding all of us on it. And he had never medaled at the Olympics. And then he had us, our special team with special ed. And uh, don't we pull it off? We were silver medal. And the gold was actually USA. And special ed did make it special. <laughs> he's still alive and he's healthy and he's 26 years old and for a big horse in the sport that's old and he retires in Oxford Mills Ontario goes out in the morning comes back for lunch goes out in the afternoon spoiled to death 
And uh, you whistle, he comes galloping to the to the oh. fence line and bucking and playing and goes home on sort of on little stilts. That's and isn't that the, the way that a Olympic athlete should yes. finish their lives? Yes, I love that. Now, what about you had a student out here today in the Grand Prix? I think I might have had the youngest student in the field. She goes to Princeton University in her first year. So she travels back and forth. She has a horse that is... Uh, He's, he's got a little record from Europe, and then he came here, and she had a couple faults, but I tell you, her eyes were huge standing at the gate, and I said to her, listen, when you look at jump one, do you think you can jump it? She said, yes. I said, well, look at jump two. Do you think you can jump that? She said, yes. Well, then I said, jump it one piece at a time. Absolutely. How incredible. And in Princeton, too. How wonderful. Yeah, she's gone back to school. She doesn't get, uh, next week, she doesn't get the competition. She comes back in week seven. So what about Tokyo 2020? <laughs> well, um, I would say that it's still not determined what our Canadian team will be. And I bet you down there in West Palm and up here in Ocala, the Canadian athletes are working. They are indeed. Incredible. Thank you so much for being with us. Any last words to up-and-coming youngsters? Uh, a place like this gives you a chance to do development. You can go across the street and jump a little small one. You can come back to the big stadium here and jump. This place, you know, it was probably built to develop athletes and have top sport. And I believe they're, they're going to exhibit this year the best sport that you've ever seen in March. Jill, Olympian. Jill, incredible to have you with us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. I give good luck to Ocala. And uh, I really, really, I, I was in California at the other tour. And I'm an East Coast girl. And I'm darn happy to be on the East Coast and here. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Enjoy special ed. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here with Jill. And I'm at Hits Postone Farm in Ocala. Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Are you ready for 10 weeks of excitement for the Hits Ocala Winter Circuit? Whether you've made Hits Ocala your home away from home for the season or you're just joining us for a few weeks, we're excited to have you. Spectators can look forward to great season highlights, including bi-weekly Grand Prix and a season pass for only $20. Find your top game at Hits Ocala this winter. For more information, hitshows.com. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 for the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. This show is brought to you in part by Tack Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars, and more. Tack Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show.
I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital visiting with Dr. Adam Kayot and um, we're going to talk about something that is a big concern in the show and the race world and that is the large percentage of horses that actually suffer from ulcers and and Dr. Kayot's mentioned in uh, previous interviews horses being stalled up a lot which obviously at the racetracks and the show facilities sometimes turnout is just not an option and um, horses stalled up for long periods of time do get more anxious and there's something in the 90th I think percentile or higher um, of horses that, that are competition horses, either racing or Grand Prix jumpers, uh, whatever their sport might be, that actually get ulcers. Um, so I'm going to talk to Dr. Kayot a little bit about that. Dr. Kayot, um, tell us about how many horses you see with ulcers. I'm sure it's a, a lot, right? <laughs> well, I certainly treat a lot. You know, um, we, a lot of times we don't necessarily have to in order to definitively diagnose them, um, you have to stick a scope down and look at their belly and, and you can look for them. But studies have shown, and you are correct, over 90% of horses that are in some sort of competition, whether it be racing, showing, whatever, have some sort of gastric ulceration. That is, that's nine out of 10 at least, you know. So chances are, if you suspect it, it's probably there. And it's certainly, even if the horse doesn't have ulcers, even if you put it on the medication for ulcers, um, it's not going to hurt it. Um, so what, what does a horse with ulcers look like? They can look like a lot of things. There's no one, oh yeah, that horse has ulcers kind of deal. They can, they can be inappetent and colicky. That might be the most extreme. They can be cranky, don't want to do their job. They can be what we call cinchy, you know, where you just they you go to put the saddle on, they pin their ears, and they do this stuff, you know. Um, they can have uh, poor performance. They don't even have to be cranky or whatever, um, but they can just have poor performance in whatever they're doing. Um Doll, doll, um, uh, uh, coat, any of those things can give you an idea that this horse may have ulcers. Depending on how severe it is, depends on, would, would give you an idea of how long you need to treat the horse. Um, I typically put them on uh, either ranitidine or omeprazole uh, or a combination of both. And, and those are very good medications. Horses are meant to be out grazing all day. The saliva that they produce when they're eating is a, is a buffer. And so as they swallow that saliva, it buffers the acids that are in the stomach that cause these things. When they're just standing in the stall, not eating on anything, just standing around, those acids are still working in the gut. And, and, and when they're fed, you know, two, three times a day and they're just hanging out in the stall, um, those it's, it, you know, it, 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 it's the horses get used to that happening production increases of the acids at those times. So then they get these, this high concentration of acid at feeding time and then they, they're, they're done eating and those acids are still there, you know. So 
it, it can make it, you know, it can make it a problem. The more the horse can be um, foraging, grazing, producing that saliva throughout the day, the less likely that is to happen. That's why you see it in your performance horses or, you know, your, your show horses and your race horses, because just given their job, they're in a stall a lot. You don't see it as much in horses that are turned out, brood mares, that sort of thing. Granted, their life is pretty easy and not as stressful too, but they're eating all day long. They're, they're doing what a horse is supposed to do. And, and so you certainly see that less. Um, and you know, ulcers can be, uh, they can be a, a real problem. I mean, it can be fatal if it gets to that point to where. Can it really? It, I, I didn't have any idea of that. Absolutely. It, it, it can, if, if the ulceration in the stomach perforates the stomach or does something like that, you know, and, and that has happened, you know, so, and it'll, <laughs> it'll happen in foals. I mean, you'll get foals that will have ulcers and, and, and that will, will perforate. And that's, that's where you actually see it the most. So do they think that it's genetic? I mean, can it be that if, uh, if it's very strong in a certain, um, in a certain family, family line or breed that you might see it more? I don't know that there's any tie to that. Um, there may be, you know, I mean, certainly, certainly we all know our horses and some are more high strung than others and some are more worry warts than others. Um, I don't know that there's any genetic tie to it, you know, and, and maybe more connected to personality type, personality type, you know, and, and, and what, and what, uh, the horse is, is asked to do. And, uh, that's probably where I would put it, but you know, there's, genetic component and so much of, of, you know, everything that we don't even understand at this point. But do you have a lot of clients who try supplementation for, to help the situation as well in the feed? Oh yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's all kinds, you know, you just go to, you know, you go to the feed store and there's all kinds of, you know, nalocks and all these things, you know, I just say, <laughs> I just say that because, because, uh, you know, so there's all kinds of things out there. I don't endorse one over the other, you know, I don't think that they can, they'll do any harm. I don't know how much good they do, but, you know, uh, uh, clinically speaking or anecdotally might help one horse, you know, um, it's certainly not going to hurt them typically. So knock yourself out. And you, have you seen some very extreme cases with horses in a lot of dis discomfort from, oh, from this? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they, the, the, the bad ones end up colicking and, and a, a very typical sign is they're the chronic coliker. Like you'll be called out one week, they'll get over it. They'll be fine. Then they're colicking the next week or the next week after that. If I treat a horse for colic and basically it gets resolved, you know, after my treatment, and then I have to come back shortly thereafter, meaning a week or so and treat the same symptoms again. I generally try to encourage the owner to put that horse on some sort of ulcer medica medication. And um, uh, that's a very typical, the chronic coliker that will, you know, that's not a cribber um, that uh, you'll see, you know, that that's very, very common. And, and if you, if you, if you tend to, um, if you tend to delve a little deeper and you ask those people about that horse, um, there might be some some other signs like the crankiness or the you know poor performance or whatever that that will come up that will give you some more indication and if you if you want to know for sure then we're happy to you know 
do an endoscopic exam and, and prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know, or, you know, it maybe maybe it's something else that, you know, we're going, I mean, it is possible that we go down a different road, but. But the endoscopy is going to pretty conclusively tell you one way or the other. So that's a, that's a good way to get your answer. Uh, certainly a problem in uh, in show horses, uh, ones particularly that are not regularly turned out. And quite often there there isn't an option. The horse has to be in the store. We see that a lot uh, in the racing world, certainly. And that's a high percentage of horses. So definitely worth checking out with your veterinarian. Peterson and Smith here in Ocala, 352-237-6151. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here with Dr. Adam Kayot. Hits returns to Post Time Farm for the 39th annual Hits Ocala Winter Circuit, featuring even more hunter and jumper competition in the horse capital of the world. Spectators can look forward to even bigger Grand Prix taking place every Sunday. Tickets are available for only $10 or purchase a season pass for just $20. The season pass grants admission for one adult to all 10 Sunday Grand Prix at Hits Post Time Farm. This show is presented by Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital, one of the top equine hospitals in the USA with services including ambulatory, surgery, sports medicine, reproduction, and with doctors on call 24 hours a day. Check them out now at petersonsmith.com. The opinions of the hosts and guests on the Horse Talk Show are not necessarily that of Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital. When you bring your taxes to Liberty Tax, we'll handle it. No matter what you throw at us, no matter what you need, no matter what, and we're so confident we'll do a great job, you'll want to bring us your friends, your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, your co-workers. You may even want to bring us everyone in the world. But please don't. We're not staffed for that. Liberty Tax. Bring it. We'll handle it. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show, presented this hour by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. We're here in Ocala, the horse capital of the world. Uh, have in the studio with me a special friend, top eventer, Ashley Johnson. She is a uh, sponsored DAC. Uh, vitamins and minerals uh, rider and very successful we're going to talk to her a little bit for the next couple of segments and then we're going to chat to Paulette Stout she texts me and said she wants to talk about what training is all about so we're <laughs> going to do that a little bit later on but Ashley welcome back to the show welcome Louisa it's Thanks lovely to have you here I'm um, going to start off with how did you start off in riding oh my goodness I started little off I started off, I was two and a half, and oh my, my family took us to an apple orchard, and they had pony rides, and, and I was hooked. That does everybody in. <laughs> and then, better than that, at the end of the season, they needed to get rid of the pony, and so they talked to my mom, who was a bit of a bleeding heart, so we wound up with I the pony that. in our garden. Oh, nice. Because we had about an acre. And where was this? In uh, the central New Jersey. Oh. So we built a garden wall. To keep the pony in the garden. It's so funny because growing <laughs> up in England in Meriden at Walsh Hall, we had an apple orchard, and in it I kept my pony. Yep. For I'm sure he was very happy. He was very fat. He was in an apple orchard. You can't go wrong. They fall on the floor. That's a happy fat pony. Yes. You know? oh, but it's funny when happy. you say that. It gave me a bit of a flashback. Yes. So and then um, at one of my high school reunions, I 
was w walking around talking to people and they said, I remember riding your pony ar around the baseball diamond because we did this show until day where we took the pony to school and everybody in my class got a ride around the baseball diamond. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, that's a lovely thing to remember you by. Yes. That's good. Yeah. So then did you just go into eventing sort of almost right away or did you jump around a bit and try a few other sports? Um, I went into it pretty quickly. I mean, I did hunt seat and western as a when i was first starting to ride which i think a lot of people in america start with hunters and uh did a little tiny bit of 4-h and then i found pony club and did my first horse trials in pony club and fell off coming around a corner too quickly towards i think a little hay bale jump on my 15 maybe 14 three-hand cherokee shay pinto pony and just was flying through the air and I remember laughing as I was flying through the air and thinking, this is fantastic. And, you know, at that point, we could get back. Flying is great. I was going, it's when you hit the ground. <laughs> I, I must have hit the ground pretty soft and got back on, finished the little hay bale course and went home and said, Mom, I really like that. I want to do more. <laughs> so I, obviously I was an adrenaline junkie. Apparently. <laughs> it, that reminds me of, you know, the little spa show uh, at the church. My daughter did the mystery class. She did a bunch of the flat classes on her pony. And she did the mystery class at the end, which was barrels. And you give me another flashback because she had never done that. And she just knew she had to go really fast, yep. right? So she's flying, she's on vision <laughs> and she's flying. Well, when you come out of the arena at the spa show oh, no. and you're going straight, there's trees and a fence and that's it. So the horse is running out of the gate. They open the gate and they let her out and the horse sees the trees and the fence. And it's like, well, I can't go that way. I've got to go left. So it makes this really sharp left-hand turn, and Megan doesn't. No, she Megan's goes straight. Megan's straight. straight. And I remember seeing her go, in the air, and then her legs went way out like this, <laughs> and then she landed, <laughs> believe it or not, legs wide open, very oh, unladylike, wow. sitting like this. And she landed Ooh. sitting up. And she's like laughing so laughing, hard, laughing. she's crying, yep. sitting there like this, played out, sitting there just laughing her head off. And you just made me think of that yeah. too. So there's two good memories. Yes. The apple orchard in England and Flying my the daughter's laughing, mystery class. Just laughing. Yeah, she was like laughing in the air, landed laughing. Mm -hmm. I thought, how come I've never laughed like that when I fell off? I don't think I ever have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I remember. Never, I remember. I have never laughed when I fell off. I mean, my pony was pretty close to the ground, but I, I remember laughing a lot when I was a kid when I was flying through the air. <laughs> I did pony club. Now, I don't know here if you do if you do a lot of Jim Carners in pony club, but we did a lot of Jim Carners. You know, like egg and spoon race, sack race, pole bending, all that fun stuff that you do. We did tons of that for yeah. pony club, and I loved that. Chase me, Charlie. You know what chase me, Charlie? Uh -uh. Chase me, Charlie is. When they put a jump up and they well it starts off with a pole on the ground and then everybody goes around and jumps it and then it goes up and everybody goes oh, yeah, around yeah, yeah. and then it goes up and then yeah. little by little you get people disqualified for knocking it over or refusal and whoever's left at the end and there's no the sky's the limit i mean it might be you know five foot when you're done but everybody goes around and around and around you yeah. about 20 people mm. and that's fine that's chase me charlie so mm. there you learn something new today there we go me, Charlie. Well, you, know, you don't see as many of those things as, as much anymore. Do you? I was gonna say, so I did. Made it I did some <laughs> games. We, I mean, I just called them games. We did, we did yeah. egg and spoon. We did a little bit of barrel racing, um, other games, but not. I didn't do a lot. 
Then right as I got out of Pony Club, my mom discovered Gymkhana, and now I have a, joining, a, a neighboring farm to my parents, and my, my mom does mounted games and has about oh, that is 30 the cool ponies. Stuff. And she'll do <laughs> you know, adults and they kids. The worst part. So they do the, the mounted it's games, mounted. and I take clients over. Mm -hmm. we, we know, we'll go over to use the cross-country course, and they yeah. say, oh my gosh, there's so many ponies. And I said, it's really, really good exposure for your horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That might be what I should do with my Mustang when he's ready. Yeah. I, I, a few weeks ago, adopted a Mustang. Oh, wow. Yeah, I felt like I had to have another horse. Yeah. <clears throat> my $25 Mustang's like the bomb. I love him. He's so cool. <laughs> he's such an awesome little pony. So who knows? I may end you up You may doing be that. doing that. <coughs> Pollen. So after pony club and, and mm -hmm. all that what kind of got you really really kicking? going um it was that fall right it was the fall it was the flying through the air <laughs> mm -hmm. and many other times flying through the air after that um when i i was lucky enough to have this great little quarter horse when i was a teenager and i was able to move up to the preliminary level uh when i was about 14 and then after he retired and I took on a number of off-track thoroughbreds and it, I just really had the bug. Um, I went to college, rode my off-track thoroughbred through college and then was very, very lucky to start working for a family outside of Philadelphia and they had event God, horses. You're so close to where I was from. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just got the one minute sign mm -hmm. from Tom. So we are going to hold Ashley on that note and come right back with her in just a minute. And we're going to carry on the rest of the story, find out how Dak plays a role uh, in her success and also learn a little bit about her horse that's uh, climbing the ranks and a little bit about her coaching, the UF team. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. We'll be right back. <laughs>
Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. I have a DAC sponsored rider, Ashley Johnson here. She is a top eventer. Also in the studio, co-host and horse trainer, Paulette Stout. Ashley, let's go back to, we were having a good laugh and telling yes. some great stories. Um, let's go back to, we started on, we were, we were getting there. Yes, <laughs> yes. So uh, I moved outside of Philadelphia and rode for a family where I was able to make it into the FEI levels and had my first advanced horse with this family. And they were wonderful owners for me and they really supported my career. And I had, I just had this, I remember one day saying to the husband that my, what I wanted to do was be a five-star rider. I want, and, and that I felt that becoming a five-star rider was becoming the greatest horseman that I could be. Or, or to be a five-star rider, it would take me becoming the greatest horseman that I could be. So and we're going we're to show they a little laugh. through it? They owned horses for me. They actually did, and they yeah. su they, supported they supported you. they supported me as I came up the levels. How nice! Really? We, get, we got a little video here. Actually, we're, we're going to air while we're talking. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, you can see this. Uh, where is this? That is at Chattahoochee Hills in Atlanta, and that is my current five-star horse, Tactical Maneuver. Uh -huh. Do they own that horse? No, I own that horse. So after moving from Philadelphia, I came to Florida full time in 2011, and I bought Tactical Maneuver, who I call Gucci. Um, I bought him in 2011 and he had been off the track for about a year and I thought at first he might be a sale horse and then I took him to his first competition and little tiny jumps cantering around in cross country and riding him and I thought this is going to be my first five star horse really? and, and I owned yeah. him and yeah, I had for you. two horses for sale, he was one and I asked Bruce Davidson who's you know the godfather mm -hmm. of eventing, right. I said Bruce which one of these should I sell and Bruce said you should put them both up for sale and sell the one that sells first. Oh, just God. like that, just like that. <laughs> and I thought, well, I really like this bay, but I'm going to do what he says. I put them both up for sale. And the other one was this really handsome, both off-track thoroughbreds, but he's very handsome with flaxen mane and tail. Mm. And he sold within yeah, a couple color. weeks. So yes. you got to keep Gucci. So I kept Gucci. And, and that's your five my boys. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Now, how, uh, how we're actually going to let's pop some photos up as well while we while we're while we're talking. Sixteen three. Um, I love this. That's that is me with Gucci. It's beautiful. Yes, what he's, a great he's photo. Sixteen three hands. And actually, speaking of AP Indy earlier, Gucci doesn't have AP Indy in his bloodlines, but I've had many that have, and AP Indy was a wonderful, wasn't he? wonderful oh, influence. This is beautiful. The, the chestnut <laughs> is my mare, uh, Firefly, who she's an Irish sport horse, but I've had her since she was a baby. That was at Kentucky last year, the, the gang. The gang, Yeah, that's great. Tell us how, um, how DAC vitamins and minerals play a role in what you do. Yes, so I've been working with DAC for several years. Uh, I, I started with them because of their product Calm, mm -hmm. which is very useful. It has uh, magnesium yes. in it and it's mm -hmm. helpful for upper level horses that, and event horses are very goey types of horses, but you also want to keep their brain calm. Mm -hmm. Sorted out. Yeah. Sorted That's out. sort of like me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Louisa. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Somebody please keep my brain calm. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
<laughs> and then uh, they've been a really nice company to work with because they will personally assess your program and make suggestions and they have a nutritionist on staff and so now I have a whole slew of their products. Uh, Suzanne Pierce came out this year and evaluated, we did a clinic and she evaluated people could ship horses in and it, they just really have a personal touch and they, they have very high quality products. They are, they yeah. are. They have that, that stamp of approval, that NAS stamp of approval, so you know really what's in it, really yes. what's in it. Uh, actually, I just got a call the other day from Spa Lumber and Dawn said, can you send me Suzanne's number? Because yes. I really want to get some this good stuff in. Yes. And I said, yes, it is. It's the best. Yes. I, I, my horses have been on it for, I don't even know how many years, honestly, like probably five or five or six years. Se they seem to, st to have some staying power in the business. They do. Because there's a lot of things that come in and then, and you know, a few years away later, they're, go yes, they're gone. No, yeah, they have real stay. serious staying power. Mm -hmm. And the owners are all about quality, like yeah. really stand mm -hmm. behind it. I mean, my 35-year-old is going strong. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's yeah. that's really a big deal. Mm -hmm. When you hear of a horse like AP Indy passing away sadly at 31, I go, <gasps> my horse is yes. 35, it makes me cringe. But you know, I my DDA every day, like religiously, if I start to run out, I panic my oil, you know, my the, the, the joints, bloom. the flex, oh, and, yep. the bloom, yes, yep. and the flex, um, the joint, I couldn't be without it. When, when I ran out of it and thought, he doesn't really need it. The yes, difference in about two and a half weeks in him is substantial. He's He's almost lame. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's it. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just sticking to my protocol. It's really good. It's working. <laughs> if it's not broken, don't fix mm -hmm. it. I'm happy with it. Uh, so that's great to hear that, uh, that from you. Tell us about the UF team. Oh, the UF team. So I've been coaching the UF eventing team for the past four years, and the kids are absolutely wonderful. Um, they, the team is, has grown. It started four years ago. I had gone up to UF when I first moved down here and went to the equestrian club and said, do you guys have an eventing team? And they said, no. And I was like, oh, okay. And then a couple years later, the <laughs> kids, the kids mm -hmm. got together and they wanted to have an eventing team and they remembered me and came to me and said, could you coach us? So I was very excited about that. Um, we just had our first intercollegiate challenge of 2020 a couple weeks ago at Ocala One Horse Trials. We sent three teams this year. Um, we did a team of alums, which was the first time we were able to do that. That's and cool. the alumni team won. <laughs> so, so, maybe, so maybe the current students need to up their game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's fun. But, but it was really, it's nice to every year send more kids to that. And then we have the intercollegiate championships in May. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're getting ready for that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So what about like the top of your bucket list? I mean, you're obviously accomplishing and juggling a lot of different things, your own horse coaching, the team. Yes. So what about a, a big... My bucket list. Um, wow, that's a, that's a tough one. It's, it's constantly changing. We're, Gucci and I are aiming for Kentucky again this spring. And uh, I'm also in the middle of a master's program in psychology. Oh, is it really? really? Yes. Where? Oh, no. Through, it's through Harvard University. <laughs> and so really? it's through their extension school. So you do the bulk of the coursework at home on the computer through um, Zoom. You know, you're on the internet. The interweb is amazing. Isn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> and, but I just did my first on-campus class in January, the, the January semester. So that was pretty crazy because I was flying to Boston in class for four days, flying home, riding horses, 
flying to Boston, just back and forth. Really? And my girls in my barn were amazing. They, we got it done, and I competed the last weekend of the month. Wow. With what my, you, what with will you do with that, with that I want to do sports psychology. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Ride with your mind. Yeah. Amazing. It's so important, isn't it? Yeah. you got to control your mind through everything. That's really incredible. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you've got a lot going on. You've got a lot going on. Really impressive. Well, we're at the end of the segment. Those are the two fastest segments ever. I say I, every mm -hmm. week I think they get faster. Mm -hmm. But if you can stay with us, we'd love to have you stay with us. We're going to chat to Paulette about training. I'm sure you've probably got some um, some questions for Paulette. So yes. oh, we'll flip it on her okay. now, shall we? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson Smith at Equine Hospital. Stay with us. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal. Like jockey and horse, shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All In Removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. Like All In Removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. This show is sponsored in part by Equisin. When visiting the horse capital of the world, you want to stay at a hotel that reminds you of what you love about Ocala, the horses. Stay tuned to this show for announcements about the renovations to be completed fall 2019 at the Equisin by following them on Facebook and Instagram at Equisin. This show is sponsored in part by Innova Wellness Spa, committed to providing the best, most advanced options available in the beauty and wellness for their valued patients. Find them on the web at InnovaWellnessSpa.com or like them on Facebook now to learn more about their non-invasive aesthetic enhancement procedures for the most amazing results. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family owned since 1934, manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. <laughs> with your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the second half of the show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio with my co-host Paulette Stout, who is a top trainer and horse rider. Also, we have Ashley Johnson still with us, a top eventer. Uh, we've been chatting to her for a couple of segments, asked her to stay. And uh, now we're going to interview Paulette. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So Paulette's a top equestrian. She's got some amazing photos out here uh, on the on the desk for us to to look at. Um, she said, "I want to do a segment on what training's really all about." And I thought, "Well, that sounds interesting." And Paulette's always interesting. But you can't so. do it in ten minutes. I can tell you that. There's just things that. I well, think you've got two ten minutes. Okay, I got two <laughs> ten, ten minutes of what training's about. But before you start, mm -hmm. let me ask you what made you think about and, and it has to be something that sparked this 
I want to talk about what training is really all about. What kind of sparked that for you? Well, in, in recent, here i got to watch my emotion part, but recent events, um, uh, it's this horse right here. I mean, there's, there's a lot of horses here. There's a lot of heart horses here. There's more than this in your life. And as a trainer, it, if you're really, really connected in the training world, and I'm sure with your heart horse too, you know what that connection is. It means so much to you that um, it, it's unbelievable when something passes or when something's taken from you. Or, um, and a lot of times things are taken in, in not a really good way. It's not a good way that it happens. And so, you know, when you think about training, and, and this, the last events that have happened to me, you go, oh my God, do I really want to do this again? Do I want to go through this? Because you put so incredibly amount of yourself into an animal, physical work, that, you know, the day, the grind, seven days a week, you know, I have my own farm, so I'm doing fencing. I'm, you know, I'm doing all the feeding. In fact, I'm by myself, so I'm a single woman doing this after two back surgeries, riddled with arthritis. I've been doing it since I'm 60 years old. Hello. Um, so I've been doing this forever. Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot to this. And I think for me, and I don't know, I don't know other trainers out there, and I don't know how they feel, but, but I'm actually getting even more sensitive as I get older because it means so incredibly so much to me. The animals means so much and not only that but the people that you work with i love to put the pairs together i love the older women the middle-aged women that i can put on a horse that i've trained and get that pair to do something and over the weekend we did do that in fact leslie davis and karen chadwick um they went to their first usdf sanctioned show and and qualified had qualifying scores to go to the regionals and they've never done this before so they're going to be able to for sure ride regionals here when it's at the florida horse park but again it kind of sparked what is training really like what does a trainer really have to go through um what does it take to do this and again and again I've had even people, I had another message say, this is what you do, make another Oz. You're at the point where, can I do this again? I'm not sure. But there's a lot of these, these horses, there's only one here that is still um, alive and he's one of the last easy jets and it's the barrel horse that's, um, uh, let's see, where are you at? Cause it's backwards on. It's him right here. He's he's still alive. He's the last easy jet. I have um, what you see there is a, is some top barrel horses. People that you know that know who they are. Four Legacy Jet Zoom. You see that I did race horses. Um, my jumper Rio Toro. That picture is the last jump at the World Show, winning the AQHA Open World Jumping. And that that picture is actually tattooed on my body, believe it or not. We're not going to ask where. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to ask you to show us there. <laughs> and and the unique part of this, you know, these are all horses that I literally raised. They, you know, they either I pulled them out of their mothers or they were, um, yeah, these were all pulled out of their mothers, with the exception of Oz. And I raised them, broke them to be racehorses, and then rebroke them to do other things, which for my whole life basically was race racehorse background, mostly quarter horses, but a lot of thoroughbreds. And um, you know, I broke them to, to go to the track. 
and then had to find what they could do afterwards. And all of these horses went to, to champion levels in barrel racing, jumping, hunters. Um, I had some dressage horses and, and you know, they were phenomenal. I mean, just phenomenal. But just the recent events of Oz, that was a gypsy vanner that I put um, a lot into has made me think that, you know, as a trainer, when you find somebody good that's willing to do a really good job for you and look out for you, you, you really have to have a respect and a loyalty, you know, back and forth. Like you were telling me with your, um, the person that taught you, you know, he's 80 some years old and he brought you up to the ranks to where you are as a rider and the respect that had, he had for you as his trainer and then you the respect back. That's so important in this industry because in the, in the, at the end of the day, you don't want to sacrifice the horses. At the end of the day, they have no voice. And so when they're taken from you or for not, maybe not such the great reasons, um, it, you're, in a way, you're sacrificing the horse and you're destroying in, in certain ways. Do you think that when a horse has spent, uh, and I mean, I can, Sunny, my horse doesn't, Sundance, he doesn't compete. He, he's been in about two shows in his life and he did very well, but it was a long time ago. And now he's 35, he's spent his, almost his entire life with, oh with me. Yeah. And I, I think now, well, so he's my heart horse. You know, mm -hmm. when I went and rescued the Mustang a few weeks ago, um, I thought that I was losing Sonny. Yeah. And um, he was really, he was having some really bad problems. Mm -hmm. And um, I, thought I, I thought I was going to lose him and I wasn't trying to replace him, but I was trying to distract myself. Um, yep. And then he fully recovered, thank God. And, um, and that's good. And I hope and pray I've got 10 years you know, and or more, um, but you never know when you have a 35 year old. Mm -hmm. But do you think if you have a horse for a long time, whether it's showing or it's just a pasture pet or a trail horse, do you think that when that horse goes on to someone else after it's been with you, for example, Sonny's been with me for 26 years, do you, do you think that horse, I mean, it has, it's a, it has feelings, right? It has to yeah, know they, it got they, taken away from the person it's yeah, used to being I'm, with, right? I'm sure of that there is is an emotional part to animals. We can't really put the humanness to them, but um, you know, they're when you train them, they're trained to do a job and they learn their job if they're good. They learn their job well, so anybody that goes and does something with them, they will perform to a degree. Um, I, you know. You know, you do this, you train geldings to go on for people. A stallion is a little bit different because if somebody, an owner or a breeder, decides that this animal should remain a stallion, in my view as a trainer, as a breeder, as an owner, I believe that those stallions must be the best in the business because the influence of their genetic potential is so much greater than the mare. Even though we do have now embryo transfers with mares that we can yes. have more than one baby, the, the influence of a stallion is huge. In the corridors industry, they can breed 100 mares, you know, with, with the new techniques with the semen. So I believe that the stallion has got to be the best and in order to do that, they must prove themselves. We have to just take a really, really fast break, um, but we're going to come right back and carry on, and we're going to talk to Paulette and Ashley some more on the Horse Talk Show this hour, presented by Palm Chevrolet. Stay with us. We'll be right back. When you bring your taxes to Liberty Tax, we'll handle it. No matter what you throw at us, 
no matter what you need, no matter what. And we're so confident we'll do a great job. You'll want to bring us your friends, your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, your co-workers. You may even want to bring us everyone in the world. But please don't. We're not staffed for that. Liberty Tax. Bring it. We'll handle it. This show is brought to you and bought by Horse Boxers USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxers USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tax Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show this hour, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Bartlett in the studio. I have my co-host, Top Equestrian, Paulette Stout. We've been chatting to her about training horses and also special guest, Ashley Johnson, who is a DAC Vitamins and Minerals sponsored rider and a top eventer. So we're, um, we're talking, um, Paulette has had uh, an emotional week um, and uh, it's, a, it's a kind yeah. of a long story, but she had a horse that she was very tied to emotionally that she'd had for seven years that the owner decided to move away uh, with the horse and it's been a, a sad time uh, for Paulette. She's been working through it. I'm proud of her that she's able to talk about it and have <laughs> Oz's picture up here. She did an incredible job uh, with Oz as she does with all horses. But mm -hmm. one of the things I think I'm kind of curious about with, with training is something that I've, I've never done. I've I've done a mixture of all sorts of riding. I, I started out with, you know, with Pony Club and I did Hunters and then I wanted more speed so I did Jumpers and also wanted to wear what I wanted to wear. And then I did some eventing because I really love cross country. I did some fox hunting, not because I ever wanted to catch a fox, but we never did because they were always smarter than us. I think we caught one <laughs> once ever and I didn't want to stay for the blooding. I just wanted the good gallop mm -hmm. across the farms. So I've done a lot. Then I then I came here and started riding a Western saddle. I'd never seen a Western saddle mm -hmm. before in my life. Mm -hmm. But I've never been a trainer. How do you train a horse to do so many different disciplines like you did Oz, where he could do so many? I mean, I've seen you in Oz in every gear from side saddle to jumping to to the a bit of a, to pole yes to, to yeah. everything. Well, how do you how do you do that? How do you get a horse so well rounded in so many things? Usually they're really good at one one yes. thing and they maybe can do the others but they don't excel how i mean obviously i mean i she's my co-host so i want to blow you up really big but i mean <laughs> you've got to be really good to do that with a with a horse right thank you <laughs> oh my god i love you too louisa thank um it really training a horse in the basics in almost every discipline is the same you know they're from the leads to the to you really need to know the basics of horsemanship. And when you start to, um, when you do versatility horses, you teach a jog, you teach a trot, you teach them to lower the head, you teach the, the leg aids are the same, the inside leg, they bend around the inside leg, 
um, to the outside rain. All of those are the same. And so you just learn that when these horses can learn that when you switch equipment, yes. when they switch equipment, they know what they're going to do. So a lot of it is trial and error, and then it's a constant repetition. So they learn those things. And, and so the aids, if you learn jumping and hunters and dressage and barrel racing, you'll learn the aids and how to balance up the horse for those things, but it's still the same. Barrel racing is still a four-wheel drive. Uh, training level dressage is level balance. It's all still a bend throughout the whole body. It's all still, you know, the same aids used in an adaptation to produce a certain movement, whether it's at speed or it's or it's collection that's slowed down. So that's yeah, really but you yourself still have to be really good, Paula, well, to teach a horse the different disciplines because even though the basics are the same, mm -hmm. it's unusual to have horses it's that excel in a lot it, of different. It, it's unusual, I think, and especially being the fact that he was a gypsy vanner and gypsy vanners tendency their tendency is to be very ground bound mm -hmm. and on the front end mm -hmm. so to get them to lift and elevate I was is, say they're stocky they're bulky they've got some to them and <clears throat> not only that but they heat up faster and they fatigue easier do they yes so so he, when when you start the upper level stuff they start to get a different type of fitness and you'll see them cored up you know, like if you ever see racehorses after racetrack, their mm. muscles, oh, yeah, their they. loin yeah. muscles. Are, well, these will cord up very easily just even in lead changes. So when I started a lot of lead changes with him, he gets late lead changes. That's the hardest part about heavy horses is they, they do have a tendency to have late lead changes, which was my problem getting him to pre-St. George. I probably can get there, but I would get late lead changes, and those had to be corrected for me to get my scores in pre-St. George. But again, it, it really is, the aids are very similar. It's just how you apply them and ask the horse to do. So, um, and if they can do, uh, I think some of the, the um, what, what makes the horses become a more higher level is your is being able to do lead changes in their balance their their tendency to be able to be more balanced and more self-carriage and if they can do that and of course the mind you got to have the mind and if the, the mind. mind's not there you don't have a horse either that's true mm -hmm. yes that is so true so so you would agree with well and i also loved what you said about changing the equipment Yep. Because with event horses, it's a triathlon, so they do three, they have three to keep phases. Changing. And, yeah. and they, they know the difference. They know the difference between show jumping and cross country mm -hmm. equipment. Yes. It's not even just Absolutely. the jump saddle. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, all of these things. You're right. You know, I hadn't thought of that. Yes. But you're yeah. doing, you have to be good at three, three disciplines. Things. Yes. yes, you do. Yes. So, it's, it's a versatility. It's you the mean? versatility, mm -hmm. and they know. And it's the balance. It's the, mm -hmm. the self carriage and the balance. Self carriage and they, they use it differently in each discipline. Yep. But. You know, and don't you think OTTBs, the off-the-track thoroughbreds, are fantastic for their versatility? Because it seems like being at the Ocala Jockey so. Club this past November, seeing thoroughbreds winning all the classes, yes. I'm just going, or most of them, I was like, wow, well, this is fabulous. And it's also because of, like you said, it's the, the mind. You need a horse mm -hmm. that wants mm -hmm. to try mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. wants to wants to have a partner. Mm -hmm. And see, and, and, and like these horses that you see here, none of these horses would quit on mm. me. And, and Oz, no matter what I did, he never quit. And, you know, there's, there's in training, I, there's some rules that I always taught people. And, and 
One is in training is you don't want to train, don't train mad, train happy. But, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, regardless of what the horse gives you, be thankful for it. End on and, a good note. And if yes. you, not, it's not even ending on a good note. It, it's just being thankful that, that you're able to do this and you're trying to communicate because training always, you see the results of the training 24, 48 hours. You're, a lot of times you may not see it that day. And so, and then of course, that one of the other rules, it's the hardest thing in training is not to make a mistake. So ride with your mind because you have to be, you have to have it in your mind what you're doing and feeling the horse and what you are doing with your body and be able to correct it. Um, and also, um, one of the biggest rules is never sacrifice the horse. Yes. So. In, in these, there's more of these, but when you keep these in your mind, when it comes to training, those things will keep horses and people happy and, and, a, and a great working relationship, and you'll be able to go on and succeed. Of course, you've got to learn skills, and those skills, you know, sometimes you have to be like what I say, a cowboy in Indian. You have to get a horse, and you just kind of go do it, and, and then have an instructor, and then have a trainer that can train your horse and train you too. And because a horse can do it, you may not. If you can't do it and the horse can, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna get there. So there's a lot of things in training that people need to understand, but you know, one of the things I guess is just protect the relationship that you have with an animal. And, um, and this has really uh, been a, another eye-opening experience for me because of the love that I have for this. It's the only thing that makes me breathe. It really does. I don't care to really do anything else. And, and it can be very, very um, destructive at times. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Paulette Stout, my co-host, top trainer in equestrian. Uh, we're at the end of this segment. Um, but before we close out, I just want to say you're amazing at what you do. You did a fantastic job with ours, with all the horses you've worked mm -hmm. with. You have a heart for it and should keep yeah. going. Yeah, no, we got to go to break and come back with our closing segment. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet this hour.
This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and services hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show for the closing segment, I'm Louisa Barton. Uh, thank you to Palm Chevrolet, our presenting sponsor this hour, and Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Uh, in the studio with me for the show, we've had Ashley Johnson instead of just for a couple of segments, which has been a treat. She should come back more often. And my co-host, Paulette Stout, is in the studio talking a little bit about training horses. Uh, I'm going to close out this segment um, by touching a little bit on um, an article that Jessica Lynn from Earth Song Ranch actually wrote. Um, and it was to do with the concerns about the coronavirus, which um, obviously are a concern um, for people traveling abroad, overseas. Uh, a number of different countries have had um, cases, and there is concerns, of course. There are concerns, rather, about it being here in the United States of America and the kinds of things that we should do. Um, and Jessica from Earth Song Ranch, of course, is always focused on the holistic options. That may, does not mean you necessarily ignore your doctor or your vet. It means that you complement what you do um, with some of her advice. But um, some of the things that she says is don't panic, just be proactive. Um, wash your hands often especially at work, and if you're out in public stores and restaurants. Um, don't eat at fast food restaurants, sorry to all you fast food restaurants out there. But she said kids sometimes who go to work don't realize they're sick or have symptoms, and um, food is going to be the uh, very fast way of passing it around. She also said stay away from Walmart too. I hope I don't get sued for that one. Um, <laughs> but I guess that would be any large uh, department store or uh, people maybe coming down with the flu, and you might be standing there in line and... Uh, and get sick. Using wipes provided at most stores is a real smart idea and wiping the cart handles as well. Get yourself as well as your family on some high potency probiotics. You can find at the health food store in the refrigerator section in capsules and take them every day starting now. Eating yogurt is also a good pro probiotic. Eating lots of fresh fruit and veggies which you should be doing anyway and things high in vitamin C and taking high doses of vitamin C um, Esther C and Emergen C um, a couple of a few times a day and get in the habit of doing that um, because that builds up your immune system of course take a zinc supplement daily limit the sugars you eat or maybe drinking coffee I don't know if I can do that or tea or juices um, uh-oh there goes my bang mm. energy drink oh no that doesn't have sugar in it never mind um, it does weaken the immune system so you can that's why a lot of people do get sick over the holidays because they have an overload of sugar um, have colloidal silver on hand have a family a family size oscilla I don't even know how you say that on hand if symptoms start oscilla coconium I don't even know how you so say that. So we'll all know what that <laughs> is then. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> no, Google that yeah. one, okay? It. Google it. A, but a family size one. Yeah, family size <laughs> one of those. Um, how do you spell you it? You better Google it. O-S-C-I-L-L-O-C-C-C-O-C-C-I-N-U-M. Mm. Ha have a supply of home of chicken soup. Yes. Made with bone broth mm. in the freezer with lots of onion, celery, and garlic. Get lots of rest. That one's out for me. Sorry. Pfft. Exercise. It's necessary for your immune health as well. 
and make your own thieves essential oil and infuse it in your house or have it in your purse to sniff on when you go in a public place. Thieves oil is 40 drops of clove essential oil, 35 drops of lemon essential oil, 20 drops of cinnamon essential oil, 15 drops of eucalyptus essential oil, 10 drops of rosemary essential oil. Use a one or two ounce bottle with a dropper and add a small amount of a carrier oil such as sweet almond oil or use full strength. Pretty good tips from Jessica Lynn on Earthsong Ranch. If you want that recipe, you can go to Earthsong Ranch and she actually posted uh, the coronavirus 9-11, some common sense advice for you and your family. So you can go and find that there. Thank you to Jessica Lynn for Earthsong Ranch. I know you, she's had some kind of an emergency pop up so, and she has a farm and horses. So uh, I'll call her after and make sure, but prayers to Jessica Lynn on what's going on. Got to jump back really quick to the Horse Capital Parade presented by Live Oak International. I just want to remind everybody um, that this event coming up is going to be one of the most fun events so ever exciting. in the history of the Horse Capital. Um, it, of course, is prefaced by the amazing event at Live Oak International, March 5th to the 8th in its 30th year. And I think Live Oak International has for 30 years been a horse event that really pulls in the non-horse people, in my opinion. I think everybody feels like it's family friendly. Everybody feels like they can go and watch it and it gets exciting and the businesses and corporations all get involved that don't necessarily get involved in the horse world all the time. I love to see that. It's very family friendly. Um, the Budweiser Clydesdales, of course, are going to be out there at the Live Oak International event. So you can go out and visit them out there, which I think is incredible. Um, the driving on Saturday is amazing. That Sunday afternoon Grand Prix jumping is fantastic. It brings top riders and drivers from all over the world. Um, Saturday night, you cannot beat the 4.30 Horse Parade downtown. You get to see the Budweiser Clydesdale sweeping the streets. Um, but I just got to tell you a funny story um, about FIP, First Impressions Printing. So I've only been on the phone with them and Paul Kestenbaum, one of my volunteers, has actually been dealing with them on all of the printing. And um, they've been working on all sorts of things for us. And they've been working on this program. Well, I guess a couple of them watch the show or listen to the show or uh, lovely people. I'm, I met them today. Absolutely lovely people. And I had such a busy day that I didn't get to go to the restroom from leaving my house until 5.30. And I think they could tell I was totally frazzled in getting ready for this event. And when I arrived to look at the rough draft, which this is because they're going to start printing these at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, I must have looked exhausted and I'd been rained on and I felt like a terrible mess. And I went in and, and the lady, I sat down and the lady looked at me and she said, oh, you're even prettier in person than you are on your show. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for her glasses. <laughs> Love you, Mary. Um, but anyway, she made me feel really good. And I was like, wow. Well, you are not prettier oh, in person than you are on the that's show. That's because my bags show up more. <laughs> on um, but anyway, my suitcases, I carry them with me everywhere I go. Uh, that's what happens when you don't sleep at night. Uh, but anyway, they were lovely. And then the other lady who's, oh, she's, she's adorable as well. She says, I think you need chocolate cake. I thought, do these people know me? <laughs> What's up? So they go and get me chocolate cake and they bring me chocolate cake. And then we go over the program, which I just love. I mean, they did such a beautiful job in this program. It's amazing. Uh, and so did my graphics designer, Tina Pinto. His uh, fabulous um, graphics designer. Are you getting designer. the so, finger? Yeah, beautiful. Yes, I am. I always get the <laughs> finger. You know what happens at the end. Um, anyway, to wrap this all up, they gave me chocolate cake. They sat me down. 
They answered all my questions. They helped me out. They told me that I looked pretty when I felt terribly rough and tired and exhausted. And I thought, I love these people. So I just want to do a shout out um, for one, the graphics designer of this did a beautiful job, Tina Pinto. But those people, FIP, they're horse friendly. And then you know what they did today? Look what they changed. They put, oh, wrong side, ink horses. I love it. This is brilliant. FIP, this is great. Anyway, got to wrap it up or Tom Schmitz will be upset with me. It's been a great show. Thank you guys for being in the studio here with us. It flew by. Uh, yes, whether you're did. in Ocala, Marion County, the horse capital of the world or not, happy horsing around until the same time next week. Thank you. Thank you. returns to Post Time Farm for the 39th annual Hits Ocala Winter Circuit, featuring even more hunter and jumper competition in the horse capital of the world. Spectators can look forward to even bigger Grand Prix taking place every Sunday. Tickets are available for only $10 or purchase a season pass for just $20. The season pass grants admission for one adult to all 10 Sunday Grand Prix at Hits Post Time Farm.